Welcome to another Jabronis Only. On this show we talk about Season 9, Episode 7, which is The Gang Gets Quarantined. Now it's a good idea to go and watch the particular episode before you listen to this show because you'll get a lot more out of it. But you don't have to, you, there's still a lot that we talk about. If you're a real Sonny fan then you'll still enjoy it. So pin your luggles back and on with the show. Welcome to Jabronis Only. Um, welcome again. This is episode nine. Uh, yeah, sh- I, I, I keep getting that wrong. I keep saying episode. I should say show mm-hmm. because we're talking about episodes of a show. So it's, it gets very confusing. The show number nine of Jabronis Only, a podcast dedicated to random episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I'm sitting here in Manchester in tier three and in tier four is musician, podcaster and father of my grandson, Paddy Johnston. <laughs> yeah, tier four, the highest tier. That's how you know it's good. A tier that came from nowhere. No, there was yeah. no, there was no inkling that there was going to be a tier, and here we are, like a bat out of hell. <laughs> yeah, like a tear out of Boris Johnson's bum. <laughs> yeah, Tom uh, is on a sabbatical, uh, so you've stepped in uh, as a fan of the show. Yeah, to uh, to do episode nine with me, which is uh, I called it an episode again, but I'm just going to run with it. To do show number nine with me, which is uh, which is very good of you. Now, Tom and I are obviously uber fans and complete obsessives, and we're it's always sunny in Philadelphia, boars. But you've kind of um, I don't think have you seen every episode of the show yet? No, I haven't. I've seen up to uh, I think season ten or eleven. So like the most recent few seasons, I haven't seen. So I just need to catch up. Like I, I went on a big binge a few years ago. Obviously, before your grandson was born and before I had a few other priorities and I could watch a bit more television, I kind of powered through the first nine or ten and I, I loved it. I think it's it's an amazing show, but I, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily an uber fan or a, a bore about it, but I do think it, it is brilliant. But yeah, there are some that I haven't seen, but this one I had seen. So I was glad that you managed to pick one from the, or should I say the random number generator? Yeah. What's its name? Agent Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer. Agent Jack Bauer managed to yeah. pick one that I had I had seen before. Agent Jack Bauer, who is a fictional cat. He's a fictional random number generator named after a fictional cat called Eric Agent Bauer. Jack Bauer. Eric, Eric Bauer, yeah. There's your, um, there's your baseball player's name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Artist free agent on the market right now. Yeah. So he's, he's on the hot stove. I never knew what that meant, really. There's, there's the hot stove just where all the free agents are that are hot right now. Is that what yeah. they mean? They all have to gather together and stand around a hot stove until someone comes and until they're yeah. done and they're ready and then someone can flip them and yeah. take them off and if it was this country it'd be like one of those braziers that you like stick like people used to stand around when they were on strike yeah yeah because it yeah. makes me think of some people standing around a bin on fire in a pub car park <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's how a lot of people think baseball is these days way well, hey. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> also the kind of scene you could imagine around the corner from paddy's pub in that alleyway well exactly yeah. and i'm sure there has been a lot of braziers used in the show there's an episode called um, "Bombs Making a Mess All Over the City," and there's uh, which is really early, and there's definitely a brazier in that scene. Um, but yeah, so it doesn't invalidate your place on the show. Obviously, it's uh, it's interesting to to get another perspective other than the the uber fan, the growing fan. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's it's really hard unless it's something that is just take over your life a bit. That to watch all fourteen seasons of a show 
that's a lot of episodes. There's quite a few there there that I've only watched once. So. But they are only 20 minutes each. I mean, this, I, was, I have these kind of conversations with people all the time and say, have you seen this? They have seen this. I said, no, I haven't seen anything. I, I watch films. <laughs> it's the ideal weekly sh- film podcast. So I watch at least one film a week, but usually it's some random nonsense that my co-host Rob has found for us to watch. Like something from 2014 with Colin Farrell in it that bombed at the box office. And I'm like, yeah, great. But I can't find, I could never find time to watch like the whole of a, a season. Like, have you seen The Mandalorian? Have you seen Games of Thrones? Game of Thrones? I'm like, no, it's got... 20 hours of television but with sunny i feel like i could actually manage it because they're only 20 minutes each so like so as soon as the episode's begun it's over almost and that's a good thing yeah well things with, with your watching time though is it's very difficult to find time on your own when you would even find 20 minutes to sit down and yeah exactly to enjoy it but yeah and and as you say when you i always marvel when I listen to your podcast that you have found a, an hour or an hour and a half or two hours in your week to yeah. watch this terrible film and uh, you know make notes about it so because two hours <laughs> as you say two hours a week when you're when you're father of a young child and you're working and and everything else is quite a commitment yeah and sometimes we spend longer talking about the film than we do watching the film depending on <laughs> the film itself yeah you haven't done a good film for a long time <laughs> ouch <laughs> well you haven't have you oh you mean one that we like went into it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Good. Ill maybe. but there you go there's your challenge the next one's got to be good surely uh, no it's not it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> so we are talking about episode seven of season nine which came out on 16th of october in 2013 and that's the gang gets quarantined it's 11.30 on a Monday um, sometimes the um, the timing isn't significant but this is because of the way the show opens, which we'll get to that in a sec. Yeah. So it's it's significant that it's a Monday morning because they're doing a, a Monday morning activity, all of them in actual fact. It was written by David Hornsby, the fantastic David Hornsby, who is, of course, cricket in the show and mm-hmm. also does some directing of other shows and acting in other shows and writing. And he's one of the, the key people behind uh, Mythic Quest. Have you seen Mythic Quest yet? No. Again, it's lined up. It looks really, really good. It's obviously Rob McElhenney. I feel like I would watch anything that he made. But it's it looks really right up my street actually as a well, yeah. Dungeons and Dragons player. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. As a Sunny fan, that's a commit to anything any of them did uh, and watch it with interest. But it is very good. Obviously, it's very different. You mustn't approach it expecting it to be. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. But it's yeah, I, I highly recommend it, especially for as I say, I think you and Rob particularly enjoy it as your gamers as well. Um, Rob's so. probably seen it. Yeah, I don't oh, think. Oh, well, he, yeah, it's worth asking. And the other one um, that I've watched recently, Dennis, obviously. Obviously, wasn't in season twelve partly because Glenn Howerton went off to make something else, and he made a sitcom called AP Bio, and yeah. very wary of that as well. But it's really, really good. He's a biology teacher, and he's a little bit Dennis. He's a little bit Dennis in it. He's been kicked out of Harvard, and he has to go and teach in a very small school in Toledo, and he teaches AP Bio, which is their form of biology. So I, I thoroughly recommend that. I've only seen two seasons. You can only get two in the UK, uh, but the, they've just commissioned the fourth. But uh, yeah. Thoroughly recommend AP Bio as well. It's got um, Patton Oswalt plays the um, plays the headmaster. He's really good. Did you know, by the way, that Glenn Howerton was going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy, and then it didn't happen? Yeah, I saw. Did that, did that come? Out? I saw a headline. I think I didn't read the story, but I, did that come out? We were people... talking about it, and then we said we should tell you because obviously it's one of your favourite films that I haven't seen still. And yeah, one of your yeah, I think films. I think you did mention it on the show, didn't you? Actually, yeah, yeah, Glenn Howerton rather than um, the. The gun nut, what's he called? Chris Pratt. Yeah. <laughs> the gun nut. 
<laughs> I don't even know if it is. Is it guns that are his thing? Is that what Gu- makes him a bad person? Yeah, a l- little bit of guns and God. Star-Lord. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is like a, uh, an ensemble cast comedy, essentially. Just happens yeah. to have a, a superhero spacey background. And it's it's a lot of, a lot of fun. This episode directed by a guy called Heath Cullens, who has done a lot of looking through his IMDb. Can't see anything else that I've ever heard of. He uh, directed a, a film called Idiot Sitter, which uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, don't that, I don't know what that conjures up for you. But, that sounds uh, like a nonsense film that me and Rob would make up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's in your canon. And he's done quite a few of the great uh, recent episodes of uh, of Sonny. So he's done Being Frank, uh, which is a fantastic episode. And um, Charlie Catches a Leprechaun. Have you seen that one? I don't think so, no. Oh, that's good. Obviously, massive relevance for me because it's set on about what they do on um, Paddy's Day. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's very good. Uh, thoroughly recommended. It's the 101st episode they made, actually. But one of the great things is it's sandwiched between The Gang Saves the Day, which is the one where they all, they're all they trapped in the shop and they all have different experiences. Charlie's right. is a cartoon like Up. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's but a great My memory, episode. again, I think I saw these quite a few years ago, so I had no memory of this episode before I watched it again for this show. I think the only ones that I can, I have a lot of memories of are the ones that really stayed with me, which is obviously the, the all the musical ones, the ones where Charlie does his spider song, and, yeah, The Nightman Cometh, which is my favourite Sunny episode. But, yeah, a lot of them don't stay with you necessarily, or I find they don't stay with me, but that doesn't mean that, that they're in any way bad. It's just that there's mm. so many of them and they're all so good and yeah. all so different that it's hard for them to stand out, I guess. So this one I had no memory of. And, the, yeah, the one that follows it is Flowers for Charlie, which is one of the greatest episodes in the whole series. That one I do uh, have a memory of. The whole show, and we've talked about it already on this podcast. Yeah, so this is, has an interesting position in between those two. And interestingly, when um, when it came up, both Tom and I said, oh, this is the first time it's not one that I would say, oh, that's a great episode off, straight off the bat. So the first one that we weren't necessarily looking forward to because we knew was what was coming. So it is one of those episodes that you kind of forget what happens in it. But yeah. one of the great things about it is, as I said, the cold open, which has them singing boys to men. Yeah. Uh, and it's just amazing. A, a because they do such a great job of it. B, because it, it's cold open, it comes out of nowhere. And C, they just look like they're having a good time. Whenever they do music, which is obviously something they all like to do, and yeah. we've talked about it on this podcast before, but uh, they just look like they're having such a great time. Yeah, and it doesn't immediately start with Dennis trying to steal the show, like in the kind of Dayman Nightman episodes, where he's in his silver suit and just going, "Oh!" I try to do that. It's like actually, for a, a brief moment, they're all singing on equal footing, which is really nice. Yes, exactly. As an underlying part of the show, the fact that they're never, never in sync, but in this way through song, they they actually are. But as you say, but then very quickly, Dennis steps out of the group metaphorically and in real life. Yeah. And, try, and takes charge because he's not happy with the harmonies. Uh, a really great open to the show. And as I say, comes out of nowhere, especially when you're thinking, oh, this is a, about quarantine. Interestingly, for our times, a show that's about, an episode that's about quarantine. And just read the, um, uh, the synopsis for the show so we all know where we are. Those who haven't seen it and those who have, just reminding you. So according to Wikipedia, the gang voluntarily quarantined themselves inside of Paddy's in an attempt to keep their singing voices pristine for an upcoming competition when a severe flu outbreak sweeps Philadelphia. That is a great uh, setup for a yeah. sitcom, isn't it? 
for an episode. And the kind of the combination of those two things, like the singing contest or like the, the quarantine thing, each one of those things actually is probably enough on its own, but it's a magical combo. And I feel like there are so many episodes of Sunny where they, they managed to pull that off really well in a way that I think a lot of sitcoms might struggle with if you had these kind of two opposing concepts that as a writer you're trying to pull together, they can always do it. They can always make it work. Yeah, 100%. And you also wonder whether they wanted to put some singing in because maybe they do it kind of backstage when they're messing around. Maybe McElhenney wanted to do it because he, he does play the piano very well. Maybe Charlie Day wanted to do it. You know, maybe they built the episode around that or, and then decided on the quarantine. Who knows? But you get the feeling that the idea that they were going to sing in this was always part of the plan. Yeah. So as for characters, uh, this is quite unusual in that there's no characters at all, apart from when they go to the shop, there's a lady who coughs. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then right at the end, there's the, uh, and the, the two doctors. So there's not really um, any characters to call out. The, doc- the doctor at the end is good because he kind of, when they, they leave singing, he, get, he, you know, he enjoys it. And that's yeah. his big moment, kind of his, his smile. And tells them that the, the Boys to Men concert's been cancelled. Other than that, there's no um, regular characters who come back and there's, nothing, there's no, no real characters to call out on this one. So. No, it's just pure gang. But yeah, pure gang. And in every show, though, we have to start with, because it always sets it up as well, they set it up very quickly, the division. What is the division? Who, how is the gang going to be split up and in this case it's dennis versus everyone else versus frank yeah because frank has very clear ideas about the quarantine and dennis extricates himself from the group because he's trying to he's trying to force on them his ideas about the about the singing competition and frank's trying to force his ideas about the quarantine so it's those two separated but against everybody else yeah and then you've got charlie who's just kind of almost a bit oblivious to when Frank's trying to shave him. So that's the thing that finally eventually drives him to join the others in the toilet where he, th- he keeps saying that they're playing quarantine. <laughs> We're not playing quarantine, Charlie. So yeah. it's, like, it's almost like he's not part of that division, but they're kind of against him, even if he doesn't know it, which is classic Charlie, really. Yeah, absolutely. It's his naiv- naivety. You know, quite often it's he's being naive so everyone's against him without him knowing it anybody anyway but frank is his savior frank is in a, in a way a bit of his shield because they have their their marriage which is literally yeah. a marriage in some episodes <laughs> but in this episode frank is just so so paranoid about the flu he's not even interested in protecting charlie in this instance yeah so in terms of scenes it's interesting because there's a lot of very long scenes in this and i've chosen a few mini scenes because yeah, because because of that, because there's a lot of scenes that um, where various things happen in the scene, and there's a lot of kind of interesting. There's a lot of it's not exposition, but there's a lot of we have to get from here to here, which they don't always do. They poo-poo exposition for comedy quite often. It's a mark of the show, which is thoroughly commendable, and, and another thing that you really like. I managed to get three scenes, and then I've picked out three mini scenes. A mini scene is when they're in the toilet and they're singing, and they've they've decided they're going to have a backstory and yeah. and, and Max, Charlie and Dee start singing our friend exploded yeah. our friend exploded that was my favourite bit they decide they're going to be religious southern army carnies yeah well I had that and down and finds out and goes mad <laughs> yeah I, well I had that well you can jump to it because we jump around it's fine but I had that in line so Charlie initially says we'll be like a group of religious southern <laughs> stuttering army vets and then he and then Dennis uh, interjects and he says religious stuttering army carnies <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah 
that's a great a great little mini scene and other mini scenes are um, gives d the chance to do an accent which is always good yes absolutely part of a, a scene that i didn't mark down as a scene but it is a good scene is when they're in in the shop and they're in the bubble suits hats off to the uh the prop guys of the <laughs> of the show for making those suits and one that charlie could drink from as well super yeah. but the the bit of that scene that really made me howl the laughter was when the woman coughs and she walks off they do those kicks like little kids so that that really tickled me and yeah. then there's the other tiny little mini scene is when frank catches d uh, eating the stuff in the in the attic and and he's just leaving and then he does a columbo and he comes yeah. back <laughs> so he comes back and just does a little Columbo. So they're like three little mini scenes that I really enjoyed. Frank and Dennis with the uh, with the phone wire when Dennis is pretending that he's uh, ringing the the pizza company, and, yeah. uh, and Frank says, "Well, ask them how you can possibly ring them when the phone line's been cut." And Dennis goes with it. It's uh, it's just so well done. It's a um, very good Frank performance in this episode. Actually, you believe his paranoia a hundred percent, even though it's like not necessarily what he's like a lot of the time you just yeah it's he's just all in on that yeah and it's interesting again we talk about the arc of frank it's later frank like being frank frank which you probably haven't seen but they follow frank like for a whole day and like all the dreadful things he does and what dreadful person he is this is still you know he's probably in the middle of his arc so he's he's not that dreadful person he's trying to because later on he would probably current frank probably wouldn't be that bothered because he'd join the others trying to drink his way out of it but yeah in his arc this is totally selfish so it's very frank but they, the others haven't quite yet destroyed him and brought him down to the, their level so so yeah frank is is very good in this and playing that him against the world kind of thing is is really good yeah so the three scenes that i have picked out which you can tell me which your favorite is the first one is charlie's drawing of the uh, when <laughs> when mac has his example of what he wants them to look like and then charlie does his drawing and what's great is because obviously charlie's misunderstanding and they were all going to get mashed together so his yeah. his drawing but then it finishes with as you said d doing her character really really badly yeah. so that is a great scene because it puts those two things together yeah, where they're all in all in the same outfit, as in they're all wearing the same outfit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One person in an outfit. Yeah, yeah. and then D, very good, Charlie. Yeah, and then Dee does her accent, so that's stand out for me. And then secondly, the charade, charade scene, which I felt they kind of underplayed a bit, but I'm sure there must be a deleted scene with them doing because Char- <laughs> Charlie just doing charades. You, nobody would get any idea what he's doing, but it's brilliant. Because of Charlie's charade, you turn round and you, you're not expecting it, yet Frank's hair's gone. Yeah. And, and then just all of a sudden, for no reason, Charlie panics and rats out Mac. So it's a great little, like, three great things happen all within the space of a couple of minutes. And then, obviously, the the, uh, the scene that is, we can't not mention because we've already mentioned it anyway, is just the opening scene and the closing scene. They're really good, good bookends because they're, they're singing, and especially in the end when they've got the, the outfits on as well, and they're, they're singing. Ooh, casual. Yeah, and they're singing purportedly to cheer Frank up, but they've got no interest in Frank, obviously. And they ask the doctor what they think, what he thinks of their singing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, what would you choose as your favourite scene from those? Um, definitely the first one with the outfit. That I really, really cracked up at that with the drawing and the just the idea of them all being in the same outfit. That was great. 
and of them I kind think- of like being annoyed with Charlie at it, but also kind of humoring him because that's what they do. And it's, yeah, they give more credence to it than you'd think that someone should. And it's like Charlie's getting away with just being totally oblivious and playing quarantine, as you say. Yeah, and as I say, I think a lot goes on in that scene, so happy to award that. So in terms of favourite lines, uh, we've already talked about um, the uh, the religious southern stuttering army vets and army carnies. You know, oh, carnies comes out of nowhere yeah. as well. Those are going to be carnies, a bit like the thing with jockeys before, or like where they suddenly get an idea about a thing and they have no idea what it actually is. But it's just like, yeah, it could be carnies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I uh, I really like, before I give you the top three, there's a few others. I really like when they're talking, when they're in the bathroom and they're all talking about the fact that they're alcoholics and it's dawning on them that they're alcoholics. And they're talking about whether they can stop. Max says, I mean, I physically can't. And it's just the look, at, it's not the line, it's the look on his face. He's just kind of so happy and he delivers <laughs> it so well. I really like that line. Um, I really like it when Dennis is <laughs> not in it in of itself, but the last line. Because Dennis doing his flaccid erect, yeah. flaccid erect. But at the end, he refers back to the song and he says, "Not too hard." Not too <laughs> <laughs> That's really, really well done. We've talked about um, as Charlie's his first time, and he comes back to it as well. He says, "Guys, I got to say, I'm excited to play quarantine." <laughs> and, and not just, not just great line, but because it underpins his attitude to what's going on, and you don't realise it until he repeats it when they're all in the uh when he says he's got the key yeah <laughs> but the three i've picked out is that when they're trying to explain it to um about <laughs> bringing Sp- in spider-man and uh, uh charlie says holy shit dennis is spider-man <laughs> and <laughs> when he says holy shit you don't know what he's going to say and then he says dennis is spider-man which i really liked and <laughs> i really <laughs> really like made me howl with laughter as well when d's doing her southern Southern Belle or whatever it is you'd call her with the Bible. At the end, she says that her daddy died from eating some contaminated pussy. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> just came out of nowhere as well. It's just out of nowhere, so I really love it. My particular favourite, again, it just comes out of nowhere, when they're in the um, the shop in the bubble suits and uh, Mac's doing those moves and Charlie really likes it, Mac describes his move as a, a fly girl power spin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, that's the mac has to get in his like karate or martial arts or whatever in there somewhere yeah his absolutely. kind of hard man image even in that suit so they're the they're the three if you want to pick one from there um i also just wanted to say that i really liked yeah, one when them in. d said that uh, and they're trying to accuse her of being the one who ordered the pizza and she says i wouldn't do it you guys would suspect me which is like <laughs> obviously not that funny in isolation but with obviously I mean, you don't watch this without knowing all about how their characters are and how their relationships work, and that just like really works for, in terms of the longer arc of the show. Yeah, yeah. There's one other line as well, which is just great because it's in isolation in, initially, and I think if this was a stage play, this is what it would be called. But when they've done their singing just before the titles come up, um, Frank comes in and says, "Rodriguez is dead." Yeah, it's <laughs> just like out of nothing. And I think if this was a stage play, it'd be called "Rodriguez is dead." <laughs> but yeah, so do you like holy shit Dennis is Spider-Man died from eating some contaminated pussy or it's a fly girl power spin? Um I'm going to go with Dennis is Spider-Man because that did the timing of that was perfect and one thing and did make me laugh out loud as well. Yeah, and it's pure 100% peak Charlie. Excellent. In this episode was there anything that you found icky? 
Um, you know what? When Frank appeared and he was bald, I found that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> not, I know it's a, it's a bit mean, and not nothing against you know people being bald, but it just that I think maybe the transition of it really highlighted how strange it is, just because you're used to him having that big mop of hair at the back. Yeah. And obviously it's icky and it's meant to be when he's sliding along the floor in his yeah. underpants. <laughs> they do it so well because they just completely like go over the top by giving him a big baggy pair of underpants to do it in. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah like big comedy white front white pants. Yeah. He's talked about it at a couple of comic cons. You know, he he was said he he trusts them so much that he would do anything. But some of the things they've made him out of all people do in the show is just you know, and we're talking Danny DeVito here, one of the greatest actors, stroke directors yeah. of our time. <laughs> the things they make him do. <laughs> have you seen the one where he comes out of the couch? I don't think so, no. Or if I have, I can't remember it. He's naked and he, he's in the middle of a party and he emerges from inside a couch. <laughs> <laughs> but as I say, one of the greatest living humans and this is what they do to him, but he's committed to it. You've got you to give that to him. The Mark Maron episode with Danny DeVito is one of my favourites, by the way. If you, oh, uh, really? Is that recent? Yeah. Uh, no, it's not. It's not that old. It's only about a year old, I think. But um, definitely worth worth bookmarking. Yeah, and the only other icky thing I found, and uh, I also translate into a nit that I wanted to pick with the show, was the close-ups of Charlie eating the peanuts when Frank's <laughs> approaching him with the razor. <laughs> it's just like, that's like awful. And you don't need to do it. You could, he could be drinking beer or anything. So, yeah. So, yeah. And there's yeah. a lot, fair amount of puking as well, but you know, that, that, I don't mind that too much. But it's, and it's weird um, and good, I think, because a lot of comedy shows, and they, they've done it as well, they've done it uh, themselves, rely on the pratfall humour of uh, puking and to show the puke. So it's quite often in a comedy you'll see somebody puking and you will see the actual puke. But in this, they don't bother with that. They just puke yeah. into bins and stuff like that. So they haven't bothered with that. It's not integral to what they're doing. You just need to know that they're not well. You don't want to laugh at the fact that they've that there's puke coming out of a human. Yeah. Um, so did you have any other nits to pick with this episode? No, none at all. no nits from me. Yeah, it's all the same here. You know, and as I was, as I said, you know, Tom, both Tom and I kind of let out a little groan, thinking this is the first time that we're not 100% down with. But I think there's so many great things, the singing and them in the, in the outfit singing, kind of being what they are. Um, I suppose it, it no, nothing is really heightened in this episode either. There's flashes of it. Mac doesn't really do much in this show. Yeah. You don't get any peak Mac. He doesn't go all religious or... Or anything like that. Dennis doesn't get too furious. Dee gets a chance to do her character, but yeah, it's it's quite um not downbeat, but do you know what I mean? It's quite a it's flat. Uh, it is. The arc of the episode is flat. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, but you know, it's not none the worse for that. I think it's pretty obvious who won the show. Frank. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think Frank lying in the bed at the end, looking at the yeah. doctor. Well, no, I think it's the opposite. I think I think Frank lost. Um, so yeah. therefore, I think everybody everybody won the show. We're on season nine, episode seven. We all know they're alcoholics. And maybe this is the first time they discuss it and kind of get on with their lives and just realize that that's what they're going to have to do. So that's, uh, you could argue that's a major win for them. Yeah, but Charlie's the only one who doesn't get sick from being in there. So maybe he's the he's the winner. Uh, he, yeah. thinks, he thinks he had a great time playing quarantine. So maybe yes. yeah. he goes in there all casual just like why are you coming in here charlie oh you know it just got weird out there frank's trying to shave me and shit you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah but they, yeah because they all get sick and they they think it's because they, it's al alcohol withdrawal 
and that's their theory. But do that? Is it true or not? Is it the flu? Yeah, they, cer- they certainly do withdraw from alcohol. So that was um, the gang gets quarantined. Did you have anything else you wanted to say? Anything else? The doctor is played by Jim O'Hare, who is in Parks and Recreation as Jerry ah. Larry slash Gary. He's one of the really, really great characters in that show, who is the butt of a lot of jokes in that show, but is a really, really good foil for a lot of the other characters. And I really appreciated that. It was nice to see him pop up. Do you know what? When I saw him, I knew that he must be from something else. And I think um, my attitude, well, not my my experience of Parks and Recreation is is much like your experience with Sonny. I think I know I need to kind of delve into it a bit more uh, and get it done because there's not nothing I've ever seen that I haven't liked about it. Um, so I think it's, yeah, it's the opposite, interestingly enough. So well done, Jim O'Hare. Yeah, and it, it's the kind of show where, again, the first couple of seasons, you sort of have to watch it all in order to establish all the characters. But once they're all there, you can just kind of jump into an episode at a moment's notice, really. But then towards the end, it ends in quite a big... Um, nice way it gets more of a more of a kind of story like season arc that you need to follow towards the later seasons but if you just kind of jump into the middle there's so much great stuff and it has um john ralphio sapperstein played by ben schwartz who is just one of my favorite all-time sitcom characters who isn't he's only like a peripheral character but he's just so good well, I mean, and it's great when a show can do that to you. It gives you that framework to enjoy a character like that who isn't a main character can give you something like that. I think that's a mark of a good show. Yeah, for sure. So are you ready for the random number generator? I'm ready. So you need to, yeah, you need to, we need to get out Agent Jack Bauer out of his box and then you need to bop him on the nose a certain number of times. Right, so let's see. So for the... Season, how many times? Uh, two. So season five. Oh. And in season five, there are... That's earlier than you've done so far on the show, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. It'll be really, really early. Season five is a great season, just looking through the episodes here. But there's 12 episodes. So let me see. Minimum one, maximum 12 how many times am I bopping the naughty cat agent Jack Bauer on the nose? Um, three. Five. Five and so five. Five and five. So that is, let me see. Episode five, we have The Waitress is Getting Married. Uh, uh, I, do, I do remember that one. Jealous that the waitress is beating her to the altar, D tries to derail the wedding. The guys distract Charlie. Uh, yeah, classic. Yeah, very good. And um, and crucial to Charlie and the waitress, Charlie's whole arc and the waitress's whole yeah. arc. So, yeah, and as you say, looking through these, the episode, how long they are, 21 minutes that episode is. Mm. So, you know, they're really, they're really a lot shorter than you, than you yeah. feel. Because you always kind of sit down and think, oh, well, you know, I'm giving up half an hour here. But it's not, it's not half an hour. No, they pack a lot in. They do pack a lot in. So who knows who will be uh, enjoying that show with me? Maybe it'll be you you again. That would be nice. Yeah, I'm always happy to. But uh, in the meantime, that was The Gang Gets Quarantined. All that remains for us to say is it's a good night from me. And it's a good night from him. That was Jabroni's Only Episode 9. Thanks for being along on the ride with us again. Um, it's worth saying at this point, juncture that i'm a bad parent a bad father and a bad podcaster uh, that was my son joining me uh, paddy johnston he runs a fantastic podcast 
called Big Boys Don't Cry, which is all about romantic films. It's been going for three years now, so they're very deep, deep into it, and it's an absolutely fantastic podcast. And I should have mentioned it. I should have asked him about it. That's what you do on podcasts. You get other podcasters on, and they talk about their podcasts. It's a thing, but I didn't do it. Hey, as I said, I'm a bad parent, and I'm a bad podcaster. And I never say at the end of ours either, if you're enjoying the show, then please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. But please do that. Please do that for Jabberoni's Only. And please seek out Big Boys Don't Cry because it's a very funny show and a, a really, a really interesting show if you like romantic films. We'll see you next time on Jabberoni's Only. Mm-hmm.